Dude, All right. when are we doing the New York mayor episode? We're running out of time. I know. Maybe next time. Maybe okay. next time. I, I think like, I got we'll be, my... We'll be, on, we'll be on the cusp of it. It's, I, I've I been got, I got my bouncing person. all over the place. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, all right. yeah, yeah. All right. All right. And it's not a male. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well... New York needs okay. a tough woman. They need a tough mama bear in there. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll do that next time. Okay. Next time. Yeah. Okay. Do all you right. have somebody that you're... I ha- I am waffling still. Okay. I've got a I've got a couple people. There's yeah. definitely people that. But that's the thing is no that chance. rank choice, right? Rank right. choice. So that's that's the good thing. So I'm allowed to waffle. Yeah, and there's people that like we won't even consider now. Yeah. Oh yeah. People yeah. Have, like give. They're actually making this one kind of easy. Yeah. There's four candidates that like should just drop out right now. That that's always always yeah. happens. <laughs> um, but like. I, it's been a kind of a shocking race, though. Shocking like the way things have turned out. And there was like, you know, the it's like a horse race. Like there's people yeah. front running, and then these yeah. people that are now gaining momentum. It's yeah, it's actually kind of exciting. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on. I mean, I could talk about this all day. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Are they going to keep the cafe culture? <laughs> That's a big issue. You they, know? I, I believe they are. Let's. All right. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> The tease. We'll do that one next week. Next week. Next week. Okay. So what, what are we doing? To? We, uh, we didn't. We haven't. We haven't had a pod in a while. No, you've been flaking, dude. I, I know. It was me, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, busy, busy, busy. Um, yeah, I don't know. We've been. Uh, we've just been doing a lot of stuff. Um, Dom and David are here. Oh, visiting. That happened. Faster than I thought. It was spur of the moment. Cool. Yeah. Sounds like Dom. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It was very fun. That's Dom. Um, Get the family in the car. Yeah. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah. And surprised our own kids. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, fun. Family. We all get to hang out now. Exactly. Exactly. Because we have the vaccines. Because we're not dumb. I went to my first work function in person. Wow. Last, uh, two nights ago. It you know what's crazy. Yeah, if did it feel good? It, it was felt actually great. Yeah. Um we were, and the first time I've been to somebody else's house, you know, for a dinner like in their house. Yep. Um it was it was pretty awesome, I got to say. I'm sure it was. Yeah. I I I I'm really liking being in person with people again. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm an extrovert. Mm-hmm. So it's been tough. It wasn't I mean, like I, me and Leslie have had it good. So I don't want to I don't want to, you know, downplay that you weren't happiness. a her- you, you weren't no. yeah and, and you weren't a hermit the whole time or something no no like no that. no yeah. no. i live in the yeah. golf dude we're outside yeah. all the time but you do i do miss like just the you know i would say since i've gotten the vaccine i've gotten like i've made friends with 10 people who i've given my number to that i wish i haven't and that's who i am i'm like mm-hmm. i take my number man you know mm-hmm. like you're at a bar or whatever <laughs> and now that's happening again i'm like why do, why do i do this yeah. but it's like i love that <laughs> in the spur of the moment after three beers i'm like I, i'm gonna be friends with this guy i love me. you man yeah kind of <laughs> and now i'm like you know on hyper speed doing that which is just right. not cool um, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's, this is the benefit of taking the vaccine. I know, you know, I know I, we found out on between the New York times and Vermont reporting, Vermont is the number one state for vaccination. I did see that. And Addison County, where we live is the number one place in Vermont. I did see that too. So pretty good place to be right now. You yeah. live with smart, you live in a place with smart people. It feels actually really good. 
You know, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, that, and that makes me feel so much more comfortable. Yeah, you made a good decision moving yeah. your family to yeah. the great north. <laughs> you know? It was 35 degrees last week, just so you know. Oof. Yeah, it's 90 here, so. It just turned 90 today, though. So that, that's, right. that's Vermont. 35 last week, 90 today. See, I don't, that's what I don't miss. Mm-hmm. I don't miss the fucking with me. Yeah. Down here, Mother You're just, Earth like, just, sweltering the whole time. Just, yeah, you know yeah. what she's yeah. up to. And then yeah. she hits you with a couple of hurricanes. <laughs> right, and, right. You know, could knock you out, but. You're ready for them though. Like yeah. right now, it's hurricane right. season, so we're we we monitor every storm. You have you have preparation, but yeah, the the freezing cold tomorrow shit doesn't happen. I don't even own a winter jacket anymore. Wow. Yeah, it's nice. I get it. Remember when you were a kid and all those old people moved to Florida? Right, right. And you're like, why? I get it. Once you get used to that nice t-shirt weather, it's mm-hmm. very hard to you can go just, back. Like, walk around in flip flops. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We should get into it. All right. Let's do it. This is No Politics at the Dinner Table. I'm Tony Biancasino. And I'm Ahmed Prakash. This week we're talking about, you know, not a very controversial topic, um, abortion. Uh, so no- nothing like two guys talking about abortion. And let's, let's, let's hear our views on it. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is easy for us. our views are pretty you know similar on this it's just that and i don't know if you've been reading about this but like the attacks on abortion coming out this year texas mississippi um the great south yeah there's so many um attacks and so just for people who don't know i just want to set this up a little bit just give a little bit of context for what's going on so everybody's heard of roe v wade right so roe v wade case decided in 73, basically said under the constitutional right of for privacy, uh, women have control over their bodies, right? And, and before Roe v. Wade, abortion was legal. Um, so effectively, Roe v. Wade legalized abortion. And ever since then, there's been court cases trying to chip away at it, literally since the 70s. And the big one actually came in Pennsylvania called, in, in 1992, it was a case called um, Planned Parenthood versus Casey. And and what that did was it upheld Roe, but it, then it also said states could decide based on different trimesters how to regulate abortion. So they, they, it didn't say that you could like ban it for you know no reason just because you don't want it, but you could say, okay, in the third trimester, uh, you have to see three doctors and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it opened the door for these like little like death by a thousand cuts kind of thing. Um, And now what we have um, is a situation that since just January of this year, and this is basically all these states and municipalities trying to sort of get these through um, before the change in administration, and they did it. Um, Since January, there's been 549 abortion restrictions, including 165 bans across 47 states. So that's more than just, you know, the Great South. That's pretty much everywhere. Um, And uh, 69 of those restrictions have actually been adopted in 14 states, including nine bans. 
And so the most extreme one is the one that came out that people are talking about now is with um, Greg Abbott in Texas he just signed, which says that if it bans abortion after six weeks of gestation, which, you know, most people don't, most women don't know they're pregnant or often don't know they're pregnant by, by then. Um, and so not only does it ban that, but it also effectively deputizes the entire population, not even in Texas, but anybody. It says any person in the law can sue anybody who helped provide an abortion for over six weeks. So mm -hmm. if you, so if I wanted to, sitting in Vermont, I could sue somebody who gave somebody a ride to an abortion clinic after six weeks and then sue the doctor and sue the nurses and sue the escorts who walk them in past the protesters. All those people can be sued according to this. So, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty insane, actually. Um, now, all of that kind of would be like, okay, well, whatever, it's just going to get killed by the Supreme Court, right? This is like patently unconstitutional uh, and so on. But the Supreme Court decided um, last week to take a course coming out of, uh, uh, um, a case coming out of Mississippi. And so Mississippi has an abortion ban after 15 weeks of pregnancy. They're just outright no, no abortions after 15 weeks, period. And a lower court struck that down. And now the Supreme Court said, no, 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 we're going to take that case and they're going to take it next year. And so what that means is that probably by June next year, which is when all these court cases come out, we're going to get a whole Supreme Court dump soon. Um, we will probably be in a post Roe v. Wade um, world. Um, and, and it's an unbelievable outcome because if you recall our pod um, and listeners, maybe you guys remember this one with, with Catherine Stewart, um, the journalist who works on the religious right. You know, one of her major points in her book is that when in the 70s, after, you know, the, the fall of Nixon and the right was in disarray, they were trying to figure out, well, what's a good wedge issue to, you know, create political consolidation? Um, and they understood, and then they were do doing all sorts of things, should it be this, should it be that? And then they alighted upon abortion because they understood that that would consolidate the right-wing Christian vote. So it wasn't out of some like high moral principle that they went to this, it was complete political calculation. But what that's turned into is a movement of you know conservative, often very religious people um, who are about to get handed a victory um, this coming year because now it's a six to three Supreme Court um, with a lot of conservative uber conservative Catholics on it, right? Not even, not born again Christians, but, but really right-wing Catholics on it. Um, and that's like this weird thing. It's like they created this, I, I don't know, they probably don't consider it a monster, they consider it a success, but it's, it's something that was like astroturfed into a movement and then it became an actual movement. And they're about to totally change um, really like rights for half the population. Um, and so I was wondering, like, in your view, like, what would be the political pushback that the left could give to this? This is really easy. You know, for, for, for all the good the Biden administration is doing, they're making the exact same mistakes that the Obama administration made first term, which is like, 
you're not dealing with a GOP that's interested in meeting in the middle. They're, it's just they've literally broken laws. They they won't investigate the storming of the Capitol. Uh-huh. Like our Capitol was stormed by people. There are policemen dead. There are protesters dead. And that doesn't need an investigation. That right there is exactly what this administration needed to then go. We're not actually working with sane people. It's time to go straight on atomic on these guys. So what does that mean? It means one, getting rid of the filibuster, which we could do. It means two, um, stacking the Supreme Court right now. If you actually care, you are, we, we already know the way it's going to go, right? You just said it. There's nobody mm-hmm. that thinks Kavanaugh and the, the Amy crazy. Amy Barrett. Yeah, and, there, there's nobody thinks yeah. Clarence Thomas and these people are going to go, you know what? We kind of, we get it, you know? Um, we know what's going to happen. There are going to be rights stripped from women in this country that people don't even give a shit about these women, right? It's not like anyone cares about the kids, like. We know what's going to happen. We can prevent it. I don't think we will. And then in two years from now, so we why lose? don't why don't you think we will? Because I think Biden is a is a I think Biden fancies himself an old school politician, and he's the guy that's going to get it done. There's an arrogance among these people that run right. It's it's also why people hate Bernie and AOC is because they're unapologetically fu- go fuck yourself. Like, we're not working with you. You're monsters. Uh, and they're super polarizing. Biden fancies himself the, the old guy, the old school guy. You know, man, Mitch McConnell, we don't agree on everything. Or me and Lindsey Graham. But, like, how are you friends with Lindsey Graham? Like, that's weird. Like, right. Lindsey well, Graham's an unlikable scumbag. Biden used to work with segregationists. So there you go. Right. The point taken. Yeah. So I think what he I think he believes he can win by doing more good than than by battling the Republicans. I think he's trying to fix some healthcare stuff. I think he's trying to protect some voter laws. He's bailing people out. Uh, the economy is doing well right now, and I think it's going to continue to grow. I mean, it seems like everybody just like money appeared in people's bank accounts. <laughs> people are mm-hmm. spending right now. And I'm like, where did you guys get this? Um, so I think he's going to hedge his bets and believe that he won't have all these holes in his. Um, administration in two years from now but as we've seen in the past it doesn't matter right because locally congress senators no one we're not voting for you in two years dude right we're voting for your power in two years so do you really believe that suddenly people in alabama mississippi ohio arizona are suddenly all blue right now like do you really believe that do you believe everybody in pennsylvania is suddenly blue or do you think maybe there are some people that are going to vote at the Senate level and con- con- congressional level red again, which happens. This is what happens, right? But they flip-flop. So I don't know. I mean, we have this weird opportunity right now. We just came off the worst, arguably the worst president ever. I still put Bush in him. I'd like to see them duke it out. I would um, say Bush. I would, I would actually just hands down Bush is worse. I think so, too. But for, for, for the sake of this argument, <laughs> a lot of people believe Trump yeah, right, was worse. Right, right, right. <laughs> Um, people look at me like I'm crazy when I say that, but yeah, let's not get into it anyway. So you're coming off Trump. You're coming off the storming of the Capitol. You're coming off, uh, four years of just straight up lawless 
governing you're 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 coming off the republicans who clearly uh rigged the supreme court right what they did obama was disgusting it was gross and you have all of this ammunition and then the biggest gift is that the republicans voted against investigating we're investigating ufos right now uh-huh. right we're investigating lots of stuff but the storming of the capital of the United States of America doesn't require an investigation. That's like your card. You get to, and I'm telling you, I, there are definitely those like swingy voters that probably think that's nuts. <laughs> right. Right. And like, that's what Trump was good at. Trump would take to TV or he would take to the thing and call Democrats crazy. And like, it worked for a long time. Why Biden doesn't get on and go after that vote. I would have called it. I would have been, I would have done a, you know, all the major networks I'm doing an address. There's a problem going on right now. Our capital, what's whatever side you're on. People are dead. Cops are dead. How do we not investigate this? And you would have gotten people that were like, yeah, it seems reasonable. <laughs> Right. We need to do something about this. We need to kill the filibuster. We need to stack. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, the the killing of the filibuster thing is. I mean, I think that's that has a huge positive dom- domino effect, right? So that once you do that, all these other things become possible. But um, but the sticking point is actually look. The Republicans are just organized hatred and irrationality, right? Like, like, so we, you can't even sort of pretend they might, they might come around, but the bigger problem is are the centrist Democrats, mm-hmm. right? So the Christian cinemas of the world, the Joe, mm-hmm. the Joe mansions mm-hmm. who, who, who probably shouldn't be in this party um, because they, you know, they're not, completely insane like, like like most you know right-wingers coming out of west virginia or arizona sure um so hence they are in the democratic party but in terms of re-election they know who their electorate is and and you know they do not want to anger these people so that is there's a political basis to their you know, recalcitrance, right? That why they're, you know, we're unshakable and we're, you know, no, somehow the the filibuster is is pro-democracy, you know, like these like sort of completely absurd things where you can get Amy Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court with 51 votes and then you can't create a commission with 54 votes, you know, like like that's reasonable somehow. Nuts. Right? You know, it's, it's, it's totally insane. Um, but... My worry is that the Republicans, as awful as they are, they're politically ruthless. And that's, the Democrats aren't, right? They're just not ruthless in the same way. They are not willing to sort of, as you said, like, you know, go atomic on these guys and just, just say, well, you know, you, you, we can't work with you, right? We can't, you can't, we cannot meet. And the thing is, it's like, you can't, we, we already kind of knew that, right? That you have a party that has been soliciting like the worst strains in American life, you know, the, of racism and sexism, homophobia, all that stuff, whipping that up into political capital. Um, then basically saying, you know, two plus two equals five on Fox News every day. 
and then you get the storming of the Capitol. That's the other party, right? That's literally the other party. So, you know, I don't under, I, I like you, like, I don't understand why the Democrats aren't like, why should we even want to work with these people? Well, some of you them know? are. It's just the administration. It's the administration and it's the, you know, it's Chuck Schumer, the leader of the Senate, you know, I mean, it's, there's, there's a, and Nancy Pelosi, quite frankly, right? So, so it's the old it's, guard, dude. It's the yeah, old but they guard. have they they have the power, and they're they're not will. I don't I don't get why they're not being willing to be ruthless. If if the capital can be stormed, right? Then you know political ruthlessness is almost nothing. It's like yeah, that should be like automatic, right? Um, so so I worry about this. I think I think you're. Strategy is exactly right. You know, the filibuster must go, and then you can do all sorts of things. Um, you could, you could, you could ostensibly pass legislation protecting abortion, and then force the Supreme Court to be, you know, the right wing Supreme Court to be what they pretend they're not, which is an activist court, right? They're, because like judicial activism would be overturning a, leg, you know, a, a legislation coming out of Congress. You would force them their hand on that, right? So you could do all sorts of things without even um, jamming up the court, right, with extra people. Um, but it all hangs on the filibuster. Everything. 100%. Right? So I th Do you think maybe it's just that these they don't know how to fight like this? It has to be the reason, right? I think I, and this is just like in your personal experience, right? There's people mm -hmm. that don't know how to fight they just didn't grow up like that and i'm not i'm not saying like fist fight in the street that's, that's yeah, something yeah. even different which i would run from but like verbally like tactfully like fighting mm -hmm. that's not maybe it's just something some people don't know how to do at this level because the republicans are like really good at it yeah i mean there there's no bottom for them the the Democrats want power, but they also want to be perceived as nice, you know, and, but and they're the not problem, nice. And, but yeah, but the problem <laughs> is their policies are not nice to a lot of people. Um, and people who want power aren't necessarily nice. Right. I mean, like that the whole that's true. You know, the whole realm of politics is not peopled by nice people. It's it, the, And the people who are the most successful are the ones who I don't know. I don't know how many throats they slid on the way up, you know, metaphorically, right? It's like, like they, th those are often the most um, kind of, I don't know, amoral um, kind of people. Yes. Right. Narcissists. Yeah. And who, and who also come, who, you know, who are, who are willing to like, you know, uh, cross friends and stuff like that just to, you know, get ahead. Right. So there's that's a fact for all politicians, but then they've got this pretense that we're like the nice party, right? We're, we're the liberals, we're tolerant, we're all that, which is all good, but that falls apart when it comes to doing actual politicking, right? So that the facade of niceness um, kind of like seeps in into how you actually govern and how you actually make political calculations. You know, best summed up by Michelle Obama when she says, when they go low, we go high. Right. No, terrible strategy, actually. Actually, yeah. a very terrible strategy. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I think I think there's, they're, they're, they're walking contradictions, right? And they're like, we're really nice, we're this, but like, no, look, you guys are like, you're politicians, you're in power. Look, you, you the, care bottom about power. the bottom line is this. This is what they're so good at. We're not even out of the pandemic. 
We are still in masks some places. We're not going to reach herd immunity. Uh, we have a Middle East crisis going on. We've got R- Russia and China cyber attacking us left and right. What has the GOP done? What they always do. Distraction. Abortion. We're talking about abortion right now? And that's, that's at the front of everything. I'm not even seeing anything about the Israeli-Palestine conference or, or conflict right now. I'm not seeing anything about police brutality. That's, oh, that's no. All, because that's the, all, big, the big problem is critical race theory and uh, abortion. It's cancel culture, <laughs> critical race theory, and abortion. And this is what they do. They, they, they find that polarizing weapon that's worked forever, and they bring it back. And what, what are we going to do? Reason with people? Well, you know, guys, nobody wants to get an abortion at 15 weeks. You know, it's not... Come on. There's no reasoning. It's like people people have drawn their lines on this one. And either we're going to let women decide and like have actual real freedoms and choices or we're going to just give in and and figure it out and go to Mexico or go to other countries that like we can get this. But that's what we're talking about. Even on the podcast right now because we have to. Because that's how fucking poorly the Democrats are handling this. Like why are we talking about this? Yeah, it's it's the thing is, is like they've almost signaled a defeat, right? They've 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 almost set, they're kind of throwing their hands up that this is this is a sort of an inevitability that's coming down that's going to wend its way through the courts, and it would be absolutely shocking if the six to three conservative majority uh, didn't come down six to three at the very least five to four, right? Um, and, and it would five only to be four, five it to still four. goes, right? It would still goes. It would just be more narrow. Um, the only but, time, it, right, right, right. Yeah. You know, so, so I don't know. I, it's, it's really troubling, right? I mean, that is, that is a major right over your own body, right? Yep. I mean, that, that the effectively the law is going to go inside of women's bodies. That's, 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 that's the argument here, right? So, and this, and this is where, where you get the, the incoherence of the conservative position, which is all about, you know, liberty and being free and small government. This is, can you get more big government than the government telling you whether or not to have a baby? I mean, no. like that's, it's insane. I know, but we're, we're the land of hypocrites here. Maybe the play is, and just to play devil's advocate here, maybe their disgusting long, long play here is they know this is not gonna, they can't fight, they know it's over. It's going to happen, right? They know they can't overturn the filibuster because we have two Democrats that are, will vote against us, right? They know Maybe they know right. they can't. Maybe they've had closed-door meetings, and those two psychopaths are, like, not happening. So it's like either we bring it to a vote now and lose. Maybe what they're – maybe the play is – and I'm not – it's not, but it's just a for, for the sake of the argument. Maybe they understand they are defeated, Right. They're going to lose this one. It's going to go into law. And then the outrage of that inspires a blue wave with this next election and they get even more power. That's the only thing I can think of that's that would have a, a, a dusting of logic. Um, that's it. I have no other theory. Yeah, I mean, I think that's very charitable of you. For, for I'm you. trying. Yeah, right. So that to think I'm trying that hard, dude. But they're thinking that far ahead, and 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 it actually would be typical is that you know these political leaders who constantly ask for money and support and this mm-hmm. that and the other 
would then depend on a protest protest movement on the streets to actually move the needle when they're the ones with the power. Right. You know, like it's well, well that's just how that's just what you know. Unfortunately, the only things that get done are when that happens. It's yeah, like the yeah, Bernie Sanders or, movement is why we are getting things done. I mean, it's let's be real here. Right, right. Um, the, the progressives. Yeah, I mean, they are. I I don't know if um, I don't know maybe. maybe I don't think that's like a conscious strategy for them. I do think that there's um, there's an understanding that if there's this sort of extreme result, right, which is the overturning of Roe, and mm-hmm. literally America becomes a country where abortion is effectively illegal or, or can be made illegal um, in various ways. And as I just pointed out, there's... 47 states pursuing this, you know, in various forms, um, then two things will happen. One is that the Democrats will throw up their hands and say, well, you know, we lost this one. And will they then become, and they're going to have to make a really hard decision at this point. Are they going to put their backing into as they've done so far, into purely as an elite party, right? That, that they, they talk all this game about we're the party of the workers and immigrants and all, all of that. But when it comes down to their actual policy, let's be honest, it's, it's very, it's for elites. Um, and the rich and, will find abortions. Believe yeah, me exactly. So they're going to have to make it. They're going to have fine. real, they're going to have to make this decision because poor women are going to be shit out of luck, right? You know, and and the Democratic Party is going to have to sort of figure out, OK, are we going to fight this tooth and nail now because we actually care about all different social classes um, or because, you know, the rich can just fly to a state that does have abortions, um, you know, they'll just work it out that way. Right. And here's what happens. That's going to cause a reckoning, I think. A hundred percent. And and what happens is if this does go into law. And those babies are born. Poverty rises, crime rises. Oh, these are this, these are not rich people. These are people that probably that there's a really good excuse to have an abortion. Let's call it, you know, maybe once in a while it's some some people that could have the kid that just don't want it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's typically not the case with this kind of a 15-week abortion. It's typically a pretty tragic. No woman wants to go in there at their 15 weeks and get an abortion. It's not fun. You know what I mean? Like, as a man, think about that. Like, if you had to go in and get something done to what's in your pants, which you wouldn't like. So, like, I just um, there's it's so it's so much deeper than just abortion. Yes and no. There's a huge um, consequence for a law like this being passed that goes far and beyond the actual medical procedure. This is this will affect a lot of things in society. And I just don't understand why we haven't educated people about all of those things yet. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think that this is where the right they're so good at their psychological warfare. Right. Is it's that, Jesus. Is that, they know, bring and, Jesus into yeah, it. Yeah. And they it's that and and then, you know, literally you know, using people's minds against them, right? That so so that what, what Planned Parenthood v. Casey allowed for is like 
the fetal heartbeat laws that, okay, if you're going to get an abortion, you have to go and get a sonogram and hear the heartbeat so you can feel really bad about it and maybe right, change right, your mind, terrible. right? Yeah, right? You know, so like this, this, this psychological attack on people, uh, you know, it's, it's awful, right? Terrible. It's really, it's really and awful. And then there's no health care for this. Yeah, child. no, no. I there's mean, no, that's, that's, yeah. No money. There's no anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so look, I mean, yeah, I mean, this, this is, this is where the the Democrats also get kind of twisted in knots because I, I think it was Bill Clinton who said we want abortions to be safe, legal, and rare. I think that was the the, the line, right? Um, and okay, fine, but but the rare part brings in the moralizing element, right? Is is that well, we're going to agree that this is morally objectionable, but we want them to be safe and legal. And once you sort of concede that, you've conceded a huge window of argument to say that, well, you're saying that you want an immoral law to stand, right? If, 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 if that's your position. And, and, and they don't make it about the, like what it should be, which is the government has no business regulating women's bodies, period. If a woman wants to get an abortion for 35 different reasons, it's not the business of the government, right? So, but... The Democrats have not really held that position very well. They've always allowed for that that opening for the religious moral argument to slip in. And then it becomes like, well, you know, you're so hypocritical. Why do you want abortions to be rare if you think they're, you know, so great? Oh, no, no, we don't we don't think they're great. We think they're it's actually might be immoral. And then and then you got nothing to stand on. They need to change the PR machine around abortions. Nobody wants or likes getting an abortion. Nobody wants to get an abortion. It's a terrible, terrible thing to have to. I mean, make nobody that just wants to go to like a doctor. I mean, like that's hundred percent. You won't even get a fucking vaccine. <laughs> yeah. You get a little needle in your arm. You think women want things put in them to remove something? It's a real thing. Nobody wants this. Nobody. There's not a bunch of women out there that want that don't want this law to pass so they can go get a ton of abortions. Like. Get out of here. What are, there's plenty of religious people that have to get an abortion. You know what I mean? I just, I don't know. It's, we just live in a hip, hypocritical world where the religious right has no problem with kids in cages, has no problem with people being murdered by cops, uh, who have no problem, penalty, no problem with the death penalty where we can kill people. That, that's when we don't need God to make that decision. Right. They have no problem with um, pharmaceutical companies getting people addicted to opioids. They don't have any problems with murder. With killing grown people, we don't have a problem. With taking care of babies, we, 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 or not taking care of babies, we don't have a problem. With people starving, we don't have a problem. But the idea that women get to make this decision for themselves and the control over it is disgusting. And yeah. I, for me, it's obviously I, I won't even hang out with people that, you know, like I, I can I can I have a tolerance for mm -hmm. for nutcases. But this is one of those things where I just I can't be in a room with people that want to talk about this. There's no there's no discussion anymore. Well, I, I, I don't I have a penis, so I'm not I'll discuss yeah, it on this say, podcast. But I like, was about to say, and especially when they're guys saying this stuff, I'm just it's like, gross. Are you serious. Get a life. Yeah. Get a get get a hobby. Get a hobby. What do you have a gut feeling that Jesus wants you to vote this way? Isn't it always funny that people with gut feelings have big guts? Right. right. <laughs> Maybe it's the chips. Yeah, could be. 
Anyway. Could be. Now we're all heated again. I know. Yeah, I mean that the hypocrisy thing is a, is a good point, right? Like, and this is you know Kristen Cinema State, Arizona, right? So that they're all about you know anti-abortion. Meanwhile, they're bringing back the gas chamber. I know. And what is the gas they're using? Zyklon B. I know. I know. What they use in Auschwitz. Nazis. That's they're literally using Zyklon B to put people to death in Arizona. I mean, this is Jesus wants that, Amit. <laughs> yes. That's what Jesus wants. Wow. All right. Well, that was a that was a real uh, you know funny podcast. We just <laughs> enjoy your day, people. Yeah, enjoy right. Your well, this is I don't know. It's it's an important story that is getting buried purposely, mm-hmm. um, but needs to be faced head on and fought. Well, next week, I guess. Next week. We're going to do... We'll uh, do New York. New York. New York. Yeah, it's time. If we can't make yeah. our decisions now, then we got yeah. problems, especially yeah. running a political podcast. I, right. That's right. a very big idea who I'm going to vote for. Um, okay. Uh, please check out our newsletter. Um, Amit works extremely hard on that, and it's a really good Sunday read. Um, you're not doing anything else on Sunday, so... Take five to ten five, minutes. Five to ten minutes. School yourself a little bit. Um, and... Uh, Give us a little love. Sign up for it. Send it to people. No Politics at the Dinner Table is produced by Amit Prakash. Uh, tunes by G. Baderoy. Uh, check out our website. Lots of great episodes up there. Some merch. Tons of fun stuff. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. Thank you.